Very open. Winbar. Well. Oh, what a kick. It's a goal. Look at him go. Mr. Magic has kicked the most unbelievable goal you have ever seen in a month of Sundays. Hello, footy fans. Welcome to another week of the 90s Club Footy Podcast. This week, we head to Punt Road, chatting with former Richmond Tigers defender Paul Bullis. Paul, a South Australian native, was recruited by Richmond as a 22-year-old from Woodville West Torrent in the Sandville. He spent six seasons in the yellow and black, playing a total of 97 games. In this episode, Paul chats about his journey to Richmond, playing state-of-origin football for South Australia, his hard tussles with Roger Merritt and his unfortunate departure from Punt Road. So sit back, relax and enjoy my chat with Paul Bullis. Paul Bullis, thank you for joining me on the 90s Club Footy Podcast. Great to connect with you and have you on the show, mate. Uh, Looking forward to reflecting on your footy journey. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Not a problem, Trent. Glad to be here. Now, before we all talk all, all things footy, and I'm looking forward to, you know, going through and looking at some of those great footy moments in your time at the Richmond Tigers, uh, what are you up to these days, I guess, work-wise? Is there any football involvement that you've still got connected with? So, uh, as we're speaking work-wise, I've um, uh, I've just resigned from work, so I'm, I'm at home um, spending Fair, fair bit of time at home, um, you know, like building a pergola and, uh, you know, doing things like that. Um, so a bit like yourself, you know, home with the kids. Um, my, my kids are older. But, yeah, so I've resigned. I was a commercial manager of um, a company called Electronic Recycling Australia and we um, – and it was it was a great job. It was the outcomes are really good. Working with um, you know fifty people with disability, finding them employment, um, and then look after it was quite taxing. So after three years, I um, yeah, I sort of uh, things weren't sitting right with me at work, and I didn't. There's some behaviours I wasn't happy about, so I resigned. And at the moment, just looking for some work, got a few offers and that. So. Yeah, uh, with uh, football-wise, um, what have I been doing? I, I, you know, look, as the kids have been getting older, I've always been involved in their sport, you know, um, so I've been doing a lot of, yeah, a lot of helping out at the schools and things like that. And then I went and coached, assistant coached with uh, Chris Massey, ex-Carlton. Uh, did he play for Carlton? He yeah, Carlton for- Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he coached. He was a coach of the Glenelg Football Club, and then I uh, assistant coached him uh, with him for uh, about a year. And at the moment, we just finished our year. Um, we didn't get into the finals, but I've been coaching, assistant coaching with um, Brett Backwell. I don't know if you remember Brett, he played a little bit of car- at Carlton. Yep. yep. Won a, uh, I think he won a, 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 a not. I was going to say not a Brownlow, a McGarry here in South Australia, and he's a really good mate of mine. So I, I've been assistant coaching with him at the Brighton Football Club, um, and um, yeah, the A grade there, and yeah, really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. fantastic, mate! Good to see you're still involved in footy in some shape and form. Hey, yeah. let's go back to uh, where it all started. You were recruited to yeah. Richmond um, as a mature age recruit from Woodville West Torrens in the Sandville. Was yep. AFL always on your radar to play, or were you sort of just content just doing Sandful and an opportunity arise? How did it sort of all pan out for Paul Bullis? Yeah, you're right. So I was I was a very late drafter. I was 23. 
when um, I got drafted. And I had um, no, I, I really didn't have the ambition to play AFL football because I've got, my, my love has been in music. You know, so at that time, um, I was in a three-piece band with some mates, and um, the band was going really well. We just released released a little little album at the time. So I I love my music that much. It was like a, you know I got a few offers uh, from I think it back then it was called Footscray, yeah, Richmond, obviously um, Melbourne were looking around, and I was saying no, I'm not I'm not interested. I'd just like to stay here. Um, but uh, yeah, but then look, I decided I think it's probably the right thing to do, um, and yeah, I got a knock on the door from. John Northey back then. I didn't know who he was. He just, he just knocked on the door. That's how it was back then. It was it's bizarre. He just knocked on the door, opened up the door, and there's this guy standing there, and he said, oh, it's John Northey from Richmond Football Club. And I was, yeah, what? What do you want? Who are you? <laughs> so he, um, and he come in, and we sat on the couch, um, uh, and uh, we had a chat. Um, he left. And I said to my girlfriend at the time, wife now, I said, uh, that was John Northey, coach of the Richmond Football Club, wants me to play. Um, so, yeah, went through, uh, ended up, yeah, ended up at the Richmond Football Club. Hey, and you made an impact in your first season, Paul. I, I'm looking at, uh, you know, your stats throughout the course of the week. Um, you played 19 games in your first season. Did you feel after, I guess, the initial pre-season you had with Richmond that there was a spot for you to hold down in the team? Or did you sort of feel like that, um, you know, you had to still work a little bit harder? Obviously. I guess a bit of a step up in level from from playing Sandful. Yeah, yeah, quite quite a step up. Um, I, I remember my first. I think it's about. It took me about three or three or four games to actually get get it together. I found it that quick. Um, so I was sort of as a player, I was pretty well dominating at centre half back in in the SNFL and found it. I guess enjoying it that much because I found it quite easy. You know, um, then I went to um, then I'm then then all of a sudden I'm standing guys like Stuart Lowe and um, yeah, you know Stuart Lowe's Roger Merritt and guys like that. Um, and the game was that quick. I, I just couldn't keep up. And I, I remember I was out in the MCG. That was another thing. The crowds were unbelievable. Um, I just remember being out in the MCG, going, "Oh my god, I, I just don't, I just don't know." I think. I think they're going to get rid of me. You know, I don't think I'm going to last. I just could not keep up. You know, I couldn't. My, my brain just wouldn't work that quick. But um, yeah, obviously, then then the, as I went through the season, um, I felt pretty confident that I could play. You know, a hundred odd games. I just felt yeah, no. Worries. And look, and the thing was, I was blessed with the fact that I was going to a club that was struggling. You know, yeah. so um, it if you want an AFL career, you know. Um, go to a club that's struggling, you you know, good chance you'll get a game. <laughs> hey, you must have done all right that season though, mate, because you impressed um, with selection to play for South Australia in that state of origin clash. And that was probably a pretty memorable win, I reckon, because uh, the Vicks and the South Australians had really good battles over the years and you guys had a really nice win, which sort of come down to the wire in that last quarter. Um, that must have been a memorable moment and sort of capped off what was a, a great debut season for yourself. It was uh, obviously without not you know obviously having played in the grand final it's the yeah, closest thing I guess to um, a sportsman's um, you know a, 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 the pinnacle 
part of a, a sportsman's career is to be representing, you know, a state and being nominated as the best, you know, centre-half back that's available. So um, that was, and it forever will be, one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, and um, it was, and from where I come from as well, um, I had a, from where I come from, it was quite a proud moment for, for myself and my girlfriend and my wife, my wife at the time. So to be selected was just fantastic. I remember Graham Corns calling me. It was, I think, he called me a couple of days before the actual match, and he rang me from Adelaide and said, "You, you just," he says, "Graham Corns here," and I thought, "Oh, it's probably one of my mates." You know, he said, "Oh, mate, have you got any um, screw-ins?" You know, I haven't spoken to this guy before. He said, "You got any screw-ins?" And I said, uh, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, <clears throat> no." I said, "No, no, actually, no, I have, no, I don't. I don't wear screw-ins because I wore baseball boots." Um, yeah, I wore baseball boots my whole career. And I said, no, I haven't. He said, well, you better get them, you better get some screw-ins because I think it's going to rain and you've been selected for the play at centre-half back. And I went, wow. Uh, so I actually went out the next day and bought some bought some boots and rolled up um, and played, uh, yeah, played against the Vicks. It was the first time, I think, first time in 40, 30, 40 years we beat him at the MCG. Yeah. Um, so a huge moment. Yeah, yeah, huge moment. Uh, it was good for me because I mean it was good. I play, I played a great game. Graham Corden said, "Look, he picked me as best player," but it, he said it just didn't work out that way. Um, himself picked me as best player, so I, I really played. You know, loved it. Um, that again was just incredibly fast. You know, just super fast game. You know, Jarman with his hands and and just playing. You know, uh, just incredible. I. I think the the next the greatest highlight in my career was actually getting selected to play in the state game against uh, uh, where um, we was that ninety ninety five Teddy Whitten did the lap of honour. Yeah, yeah. So so privileged to be a part of that. And um, look, I so we beat him in ninety three. They come out in ninety five, but they. They get all they get all the big guns out. So I, I go out in the field and I'm looking at who am I looking at? I'm looking at Lockett, Ablett. These are the guys in the forward line: Lockett, Ablett, Ruse, uh, Buckets, um, Stewie Lowe. Um, uh, who else? Uh, full forward for Melbourne. Uh, oh, Gary Ryan. Yep. Yeah, and it was like, oh my god! <laughs> like, Defenders, not me, mate. Oh mate, it's just. But I, I, you know, how how lucky am I or anyone to be able to stand on the MCG and watch and be just meters away from Lockett delivering a ball to Gary Abler on the lead and uh, vice versa. Yeah. You know, so I was watching the game. I was watching us lose, but I'm going, this is just great. <laughs> you know, this is just awesome. Who did you was, play on that day, mate? I played it on. Mate, Jesus, who who did not play? Would you would you rotate through a few of them? Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Uh, I always I always stood Stewie low, and I always had the wood on him. He could never. I always beat him every game. You know, I remember uh, in the nineties, he was he was plucking. You know, he could he could take fifteen marks a game. That guy, and uh, but when he got onto me, he'd take a mark a game. You know, it, I just had this thing over him. You know, um, and he would. He might. He really might. My maybe. Maybe if he's lucky, kick a goal on me. If he's lucky, you know. Yep. So I got him at the. Um, I got him at. The, I got him. 
in that game. I think I might have got him in the previous uh, 93 state match. And, um, yeah, he gave him a bit of a bath. And then um, <laughs> and then I was put on uh, – and then Stewie Lowe came on. Yeah, so he got dragged and then um, – that's what they did back then. They dragged players. They don't do them now. Um, dragged Stewie Lowe and then Paul, Paul Roos come on. And he was fresh as a fiddle, and I just I just couldn't keep up with him. Yeah. He's a yeah, he's a really good runner, you know. So and I was stuffed. I gave it everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, a beautiful match to be a part of. Struggle for position by O'Donnell, Brown, then Nathan Burke. Kicked by Burke to centre half forward. It's been marked by Bullis. And Bullis playing for the Tigers, Richmond Tigers here in Melbourne. Great mark taken by Ruse. He had to sit but took it beautifully. Off to Steins. Steins to full forward. Mark taken by Bullis once again. Doing all right early. Very rough and ready, but quite effective at centre-half back. He's got a big job to try and contain low. Kick goes wide towards the wing. That's a nice segue into my next question. So I was going to ask you, who did you enjoy playing? Because we knew that the 90s are known for their great forwards. And I guess you being a key defender, you know, you stood side a lot of those guys. Um, you've obviously explained that you loved playing on Stewie Lowe because you had the the wood on him. But who did you just hate playing on? You think every day, which week would you come up against? Roger Merritt. Yeah, Roger Merritt. Reason why? Hey, well, my nose has been broken, I reckon, four four to five times, <laughs> and I reckon three of them have come from Roger Merritt. Really? Yeah, it was brutal. So back, back you know, you, the 90s was they didn't have all the cameras like they had now, you know. Like yeah. I think we've got a camera on every player that's out there, you know. So Roger Merritt would, he, oh, I just hated it. I could never, I, I couldn't sleep before a game because I knew, I just knew it was just going to be just a brutal match and I was just coming out coming black and blue. Um, he would. He's the type of guy that he had the big arms, big elbows, you know, and he's playing for Brisbane and he's sort of on his way out. So you know that he could just snap any time. He wouldn't care, you know. Um, and, and he used to do the dummy leads. So we'll be at full forward. I'm, I'm at full back. He's at full forward. He'd do a dummy lead about, you know, 12 times in a game, you know, and he'd do it with his elbow. He'd just smash me in the face and then he'd lead. The ball was nowhere near him, you yeah. Know, and then he came back. So, and look, I remember the last game we played. Uh, we were both we're on uh, we're playing at Brisbane, and the ball was about coming down the wing. And I'm watching this ball come, and both of us are in a headlock. We're in a headlock, and we're we're lying in the square, the goal square, and he's squeezing his like I just couldn't breathe, and I'm squeezing him as hard as I could, and I'm saying I'm not let, letting go until you let go, and he's saying I'm not effing letting go, and I just watched the ball be run all the way down to the wing while we're still holding each other and squeezing. And then the ball was kicked by – it was probably kicked by Brods, I reckon, and it landed in the goal square and we still didn't let go. We're just looking at the ball, watching the ball, <laughs> waiting for the team to run down and do something. So he, he was brutal. So uh, who went up? Robert Walsh used to say he's a, a lovely bloke off the field, and I'm yeah. sure I'm sure he is, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I couldn't stand – I couldn't stand playing who who relented in that in the end? Who let go first, or just let go together, or did, did one let go first in that uh, in that incident with Rog? I wasn't letting go. <laughs> I was. I wasn't. I, I can't even remember. 
what, who let go first, but I just knew I couldn't let go because he'll go crazy, go crazy and kill me. Um, so <laughs> I just, I don't know, it's terrible. But my God, yeah, he he was uh, he was brutal. Yeah, he's that real old school, you know, guy. Yeah. Well, you, well, you think about the games that he played in the 80s when he was at Essendon and those really fierce yeah. and physical grand finals against Hawthorne and stuff. Yeah. You see where that uh, that anger and that aggression comes from because that would have been a tough decade to play for. Hey, Paul, I want to go mm-hmm. to um, 95. Um, what a season for the Tigers. Um, I guess in your first couple of years, there was no finals appearances, but there were some really good signs from, from Richmond. Um, 1995, he's had a great home and away season. Um, how much did that energise the playing group in the club, finally getting that chance to, you know, to play some September footy? Yeah, well, that's right. We So we played we played one finals, no, two finals matches in 95? Uh, three, we? I reckon. I reckon you, uh, you played North Melbourne the first week. Um, yeah. And then you played Essendon, but I don't think Essendon? you played that Essendon game. No, no, I, I had. Played, and, and then you played Sydney along in the before. prelim. That's right, yeah. That was a bit embarrassment, that one. Emba- embarrassing for me. Like, how bad are you doing if you put me at full forward? Um, and we were, we were uh, uh, so, yeah, I missed I missed the Essendon match uh, because I had meningitis symptoms. I don't know wh- what happened there. I was just lying in, lying on the couch and I just couldn't move and I had a bad neck. And anyway, um, <clears throat> you played the, yeah, the final finals match against, yeah, Geelong, your boys, at the M, uh, at, at Waverley. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Waverley, that's right. And we just got absolutely pumped, absolutely pumped. But that that year was an extraordinary um, – look, it didn't flow on, unfortunately, because in 96 I think we struggled again. John Northey did the swap with Robert Walls, yeah, yep. to Brisbane. Uh, Robert Walls come along and you talk about brutal, you talk about uh, – he, he's scarier than Roger Merritt. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you ask any player, he no, he is brutal. Um, so, uh, but in '95, John Northey was very. You look at the footy now. You look at the footy now, and you know with the press and the just you know even at amateur level, um, what's involved and the education they give them on you know um, playing their positions. Back then, John Northey was like, just get the ball and kick it, you know, and fight for it. He knew the good thing about John, though, he he knew our skill levels were um, yeah pretty average. You know, it wasn't up there like a Geelong and Essendon and things like that. So what he did was um, pretty basic. All season we picked, um, or he picked uh, every game. Sorry, we picked three or four players to target. That's what we did in '95. So we would target them, um, and what I mean by that is that if they were standing. You know, around if they were if they were uh, standing around the pack or something like that, everybody uh, was told you've got to you got to give him a hip and shoulder or wherever you are. So I'd run from full back, and whoever it might be that we're targeting, I'd run from full back and make sure I've, I, I give this guy one. So they were copping it yep. from everywhere. It was just this tactic we had, and we were probably we were probably exhausted by the finals time. We just, you know, we didn't have that skill level to execute, um, but we just gave it everything, you know, we, everything we could, um, and and it was just um, just playing really, really tough football got got us through it. So out of bounds on the full, still no score. Bullis to bring it back in. Bullis, as we've already mentioned, a pretty big job. 
be giving away a few centimetres to Paul Salmon at full forward, but uh, he's another Tiger that's come good since the uh, middle part of the season. Was 95, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, was that the year that Richo hurt his knee at the SCG and Stewie Wigney did his shoulder as well? Was that 1995? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I was thinking Stewie. like, you know, Richo was an emerging forward. Stewie Wigney was probably he's having his absolute best season. Um, so yep. no doubt, you know, I guess hindsight's a wonderful thing. But if you had those two guys running around, you know, in that finals campaign, you know, things could have been perhaps a little bit different. I, I don't know. Yeah, it may have been. But, but when you look at what happened in Geelong, I, 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 when we played against Geelong, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, no, we're miles away from it, you yep. know. Um, so, look, maybe wouldn't we might with those two blokes, uh, we might not have been so exhausted, you know. Um, but you know, but but that Geelong playing against Geelong at, uh, at Waverley, um, you know, and getting absolutely pumped, it was like, okay, we, we're um, you know, really, we are miles away from where we should be, you know. Do you remember the? Uh, were you near, or do you remember the when uh, Michael Gar kicked the footy the wrong way that day? Yeah. <laughs> I asked Nathan Bauer the same question in a previous podcast, and he had a good laugh about it. What was your thoughts when uh, when Budgie Gales got the foot and he's kicked at fifty metres the other way? Yeah, I know. Um, that's something I'd do. So, I, I, yeah, that's right. That was was that it? Was that that was that Waverley, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a prelim final. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what. He was doing. I, I did ask him. He just shook his head. He, he didn't know what he was doing either. Um, yeah, Butch Gale. Great bloke, Butch, Butch Gale. Yeah, he was good. We played in a band together. Um, yeah, right. He was a musician too, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, he thinks he is. <laughs> hey, on a lot, I know, mate. I always remember you as having that wildly long hair, which I guess, you know, is coming back into fashion these days. Have you seen it? It is, mate. It is. Have you thought about thought about you know rocking it back again? Obviously, you know you, had, you would have had that rock star sort of look about you in the nineties, being a musician and stuff. But tell us a bit about that haircut because we remember you for it. Yeah, well, no, it was um, I had always had long hair at the SNFL when when I arrived to, and I was a, a, a lover of Neil Baum as well. So, and he was my coach at um, West uh, West Torrens, and uh, I was fortunate enough to and I used to watch Neil Baum and then see him with his long hair and stuff like that. And I just had long hair and uh and uh and then I went over to Richmond, um, got presented it was beautiful. I got presented with um I remember rolling up and there's an old fella there called Dusty. He'd been around the club for many, many years. He was around the and he, you know he was a boot stutter and used to do the jumpers and all that sort of stuff. And he came over to me and gave me Neil Baum's Guernsey just in the number 21. And uh, so I think it was quite fitting because Neil Baum had the long hair, I had the long hair. Now we both had the, we're both wearing number twenty-one. Um, but yeah, and then um, do you remember I had to shave it off, Neil John Northey, because what we did, we went over and played the. Um, you know they used to do those exhibition matches. Yeah, yeah, overseas. Yeah, was it one of those ones over there? Yep, that's right. And I think it was West Coast Eagles, Crows. Carlton and uh, Richmond Football Club, and we're playing on the Oval in England. And um, I uh, went out. I went out on the Terps and didn't turn up to training the next day. I think I might have been with Fish, Scotty Turner. 
he turned up. I couldn't. I was crook as a dog. So I couldn't turn up to training. Um, and John Northey, but when they all got back from tra- training, I went down to the I went, I went down to um, the eatery section and I went over John. And I thought, because John likes a beer and all that, and I thought he might, you know, be okay about it. And I said, oh, John, yeah, look, uh, sorry I didn't make it to training. So I went out and had a few beers. And he goes, that's a 500-pound fine, pound, 500-pound fine, and uh, you're not playing in the game. Jeepers. I went, oh, hang on, John, just, man, don't you want to hear what happened? He said, no, it's 500. I'll make it 1,000 pounds. You know, if you keep going, I went, okay, that's fine. And he said, um, and uh, he said, um, and he, he said, well, it's two, two. So what happened? So I missed the game. I, I missed the whole game. And I thought, well, that's all right. I'll just go out, have a few beers and that, you know, I'm not really interested in playing that game. And then um, when we got back to the Richmond Football Club, he called me in the office and said, um, now you got a 500 pound fine. So back then it might have equated to about $2,000, Australian dollars or something. He said, but I'll wave it if you cut your hair. So um, I went out and shaved it, shaved it off. So, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Chance here, but uh, well done by Bullis. As I said, he's worked his way back into the Richmond team this season. New look, Bullis. Haircut two or three weeks ago. Michael. Hey, mate, 1998 was your last season. And I looked at your, your games you played, 11, 17, and 18 in your last three seasons. You not lining up in 1999 with the Tigers, was that a bit of a surprise? Yeah, it didn't end well. It didn't end well with the crowd. And it was very, very disappointing for me. Um, I, oh, it's a bit controversial. Um, I was, I was, so every game I was I was having four injections in my feet a game, um, and there wasn't a, and I never I, I never did a, I never did I don't I don't think I ever did a preseason with the club with the boys I did my own thing because I've been because of my feet, so they used to inject um, cortisone and a local anaesthetic into the bottom into the sesamoid bones of my feet and also up the top and sometimes they'd miss and hit the bone and all that sort of stuff. And the, and the, um, and my feet would only last like four quarters, just last four, four quarters, the pain, then the pain would come, come back. Um, when I finished, when, when I finished, uh, how it finished was, there was a certain person at the club there. I don't give notes. A certain person at the club there, who who made sure I was not, I wasn't going to play again. That was one of his goals. Um, and I subsequently found myself in the draft as an injured player, and then unfortunately had to go down the path of um, going through the setting up, a, I guess you call it a court case against the Richmond Football Club, um, funded, funded funded by the AFL who set up a Queen's Council. Um, not many people know that. So, uh, bef- yeah, so the way I was, yeah, treated and the way basically uh, my career ended that quick was the result of certain things that I felt could have been handled better. Yep. You know, so it's unfortunate because I, I – I, I love the club and I love the supporters 
love the Guernsey, um, but just have sort of some unfortunate memories of the way things were handled back then. You know, have, many have, of those Do you have much things. of a connection now with the Tigers or? Oh, I do. Look, I only called Brendan Gower yesterday. You know, we have a chat. I mean, we used to play in bands together. You know, we did a tour of Perth together. Um, we used to play on the footy show together. Um, I used to, you know, like so, um, yeah, look, I, you know, and, and we're, we've now started up a, you know, an app. You know, everyone's got this app, so we've now got a um, Tigers app. So everybody's reconnecting, which is really good. And I catch up with Scotty Turner. He comes over because he, he runs his horses down here, they they can, they're still running. It's terrible. I'd be better chopping them up and, and use them for I don't know a hamburger or something. He, he he's a great bloke. So he comes over here and stays around the corner at a a, a hotel just around the corner from my house. Yep. And um, because the the actual race course is just down the road as well. Yep. Uh, and we get to catch up and um, with him and his you know brothers and and have a bit of a bit of a laugh, you know. So yeah, yeah is it? Uh, I tell you what, I hope you uh, you prepare yourself for uh, a night on the drink because uh, the great fish can uh, can put a few uh, down. The great man, so he's he's good That's at what it. They call him the fish. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, mate, we're nearing the end of the podcast. I'm going to give you a couple of quick handballs, and just these are just questions with really short responses. Um, so yeah. the first one is, I'm going to give you three names. I just want you to give me one word to describe uh, these three ex teammates. So the first one I'm going to start with is uh, the current CEO of the Tigers, Benny Gale. Yeah, brilliant. Love him. Scotty Turner's the other one. <laughs> brilliant. Love him. Just fantastic. Love Scotty. I love, just love catching up with him. Yeah. And the other one was a, a great forward, kick goals, Nick Daffy. Nick Daffy. Yeah, Nick, Nick, Nick and I, uh, oh, I can't give you a word. Uh, I can't give you a word about Nick Daffy. Um, Nick, Nick and I ha- had fun together. We, we're different people. You know, we're different people, me and Daff. Um, but he had a couple of awesome seasons, fantastic seasons, which, as we all know, he was just he was just on fire. And um, he's good on, good on a footy trip as well. I love it. Hey, now, a former teammate of yours, I'm not going to – who I've spoken to on this podcast, I'm not naming names, but he was the one that gave me your contact number – was saying that uh, you were always a bit of a, a you know a, a visionary and someone that sort of looked outside the box with uh, different opportunities, and he's telling me one day that you were keen to uh, develop and market eyebrows for birds in pet shops. Uh, Man, that's a secret. <laughs> I was wanting to hear a bit more about it. <laughs> well, I just thought, yeah, look. Um, I think I'm a bit of an ideas man. I've got a lot of ideas and I've tried to get off the ground. No, I can't make any money out of it. But what? what <laughs> so I just thought, tell, tell me if you think, tell me what you think about this, but eyebrows for birds. So you know what they're thinking. You know, we all got we all got birds, you know, but I don't know what they're thinking. You know, and I don't know if they, I don't know if they're um Grumpy in the morning. I'm not sure if they're happy, but I was thinking maybe if you just get some little eyebrows and you could just stick them on the birds and just call them um, birdie brows. <laughs> you know, before this go- before this goes to air, I've got to um, patent that. <laughs> That's right. I loved it when uh, Nathan Bauer was filling me in with that story. Very, very funny. Hey, mate, it's been a great pleasure to catch up with you and reflect on uh, your footy journey. Really appreciate your, uh, your openness, Paul, and uh, thanks for jumping on the put- footy podcast, mate. Uh, beautiful, mate. 
Williams is on the half-back flank. Away goes Diesel. Pumping towards the wing. Oh, the fire was low. Bullis, the bottom of the pack, gets it away to Mackay after Jarman. Leslie over the top. South Australia trying to get something going from McDermott. That's the end of episode number 42. If you've missed any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now YouTube. We're on all the social media platforms, so drop us a line on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter on any particular episode you've enjoyed or a guest you would love to hear. Next week, we catch up with former Fitzroy, Port Adelaide, and Richmond midfielder, John Rombotis. It's tough, it's rugged, it's good, solid AFL football.